Families have a lot going on. Let Ollie help manage the mental load with new cognitive health supplements for everyone four and up, like delicious Lolly Focus Pops or Lolly Mellow Pops for kids. And for parents, try three new Brainy Chews to help you focus, chill out, or get energized. Find these cognitive health buddies for the whole fam at ollie.com. That's O-L-L-Y.com. These statements have not been evaluated by the Food and Drug Administration. This product is not intended to diagnose, treat, cure, or prevent any disease. We can't really fully understand submission until we really grasp and fully understand salvation. What's up? What's up, incredible people? I love you so dearly. I am Emma Mae McDaniel, and I am so thankful that you have tuned into the Have You Heard podcast. Friends, today is such a fun day. We're going to be talking about a hot topic, that being submission in my heart, is that it brings so much clarity to you to you in your walk with the Lord, how he sees you as a woman. And if you're married in your marriage, it brings joy to that. And I just figured no better person to talk about this with than my mother-in-law, Mama Lori. So friends, y'all are in for a very special treat. Grab your headphones and let's get into the word. So as I said, my mom-in-law, Mama Lori, is on the podcast, and I told her this yesterday. I feel like this has been a year and a half like length of excitement for me to have her on this podcast because I feel like we have so many rich conversations, like when she's cooking in her kitchen or just driving or going to a coffee shop. And so the fact that we're getting to have this conversation today and y'all are all tuned in is just really near and dear to my heart. Um, Mama Lori has actually been married for 32 years. She has such a heart for women, such a heart for God's word. And I'm just really honored to have her on. Mama Lori, welcome to the podcast. Uh, thank you, Emma. You know, there's times I've been on podcasts and I've, I don't know, I may have used the language, something like, I'm so honored to be here or something. But I think with you, it's more like, I'm just blessed. Like, oh. mother-in-law to daughter-in-law, we get to have this conversation. Like, this just feels like really unique. And yet it feels really right all at the same time. So I'm blessed to get to be a part of this conversation. Oh, I, I so agree. I feel the same way. I, Me and Josh were talking earlier. Like, Of course, there are so many reasons why I chose to marry Josh. But I think one of the, one of the sweetest blessings from marrying Josh is the fact that I get to call you family. And so this is just such a joy that we're getting to share our time together on the podcast. And like I said, we're going to be talking about submission and I really just want to challenge you guys who are tuning in because I feel like when this word is mentioned, we can have this immediate reaction of all of the previous teachings that we've heard on it, all of our preconceived notions of what that word means and what scripture has said about it. And it honestly has a negative connotation, I think, among a lot of us because of the teachings and because of the misinterpretations that we've had of God's word. And so I want to just encourage you to lean in because I really believe that whenever we are willing to ask the hard questions and study the context of God's word and seek his heart, there is actually strength on the other side of our doubt. There is a intimacy with the Lord that comes from 
challenging our initial thoughts of what we've read that may if we feel like offended by it somewhat. So I just want to encourage you guys to lean in. And also, I felt like this would be a really cool way to start off our conversation. Mama Lori, I know that we're going to be talking about submission in this podcast. We're going to be talking about Ephesians 5 in particular and how Paul is telling the wives to submit to their husbands. And I feel like those who are tuning into the podcast who are single or not married um, can maybe kind of shut off and feel like, oh, this podcast isn't for me. I'm going to go find another one. And Or they may feel really discouraged because they feel like marriage is the pinnacle of life. Like it is the most prime gift God could ever give to us as human beings. And so they're feeling discontent in their singleness and they feel discouraged when they hear podcasts like this. And so I wanted to kick us off by asking you, what encouragement would you give to the single girl who's listening to a podcast about primarily marriage? So here's the thing, but what we're talking about is marriage, right? But we're also talking about what the scripture has to say. And so no matter what your... um role is in life, no matter what even the trajectory, no matter the age, the season, single, married, like I want to be able to lean in as a follower of Christ, first of all, to anything that the scripture speaks on. And so those who are mm-hmm. single, I feel like sometimes like we feel like we have to give a shout out because we don't want them to feel bad. But here, here's the reality is it's like marriage is not the ultimate aim and marriage is not even my identity. But neither is singleness my identity. And so I think we have to lean in because it's something that God's scripture uh, talks about. It's something that God has ordained. And so to my single friends, whether maybe they're um, not ever married, maybe they've been um, uh, married but now widowed or, you know, some other season of life, like my encouragement would be to lean in. Um, and the, here's the reason I say that. I say that because Paul says in 1 Corinthians 7, he speaks to those who are single as well. He says, look, if you're unmarried, even widowed, he said, it is good to remain single. And so the Bible talks about both and. So it's just as much, I think, important for us who are married to understand singleness and what that looks like to walk that out in a Christ-like manner just as it would be for those who are single to lean in and understand what God has to say about marriage and encourage our married friends to walk out that in a Christ-like manner. Wow. I love, okay, two things that you just said I want to point out that were so good is one, my identity is not in whether or not I'm married. My identity is not in singleness. That's a takeaway. That's so good. That is my relationship status is not where my identity is found. And the second thing that you said that I loved so much is that because this is the word of God, let's lean in. Like all scripture is breathed by God, even scripture that is regarding maybe something I'm not personally walking through in my own life. It's still breathed by God and I can still learn from it because it's alive and active. So I... I am very encouraged. That's really good. Um, And okay, so I am really excited because I mentioned that we're going to be in Ephesians 5. And I feel like the reason that this term submission has 
one of the reasons this word submission has this like negative connotation to it is because we may read the word and then that's it. Like we just read it and whatever we feel about how we read it, like that's that's the end of our time in the word. And I've heard you say before that context is king. And so I just thought this would be so fitting that before we actually talk about what Paul is saying, I would love for you to tell us like, who is Paul writing to? Like how, what was the church going through in this time? What was the culture in which he was speaking into? Because that actually matters a lot whenever we're taking into consideration what we're reading in the word. So first of all, like, I love that you asked that question. And the reason I say that is not because of the topic that we're talking about, um, but because that question is really foundational to understanding any scripture. So yes, context is king, or maybe you can say it's the key to even unlocking what scripture actually means. And so if we don't uh, first lean into context, which I know that word can sound like... Um, like it has a very vanilla flavor to it. Like it might sound boring or even sterile, but context actually gives us the richness behind it. And so when we begin to understand the context of scripture, who is it being written to? Um, what is this person saying? What did it mean to those people then? What does it reveal about God? Uh, what are they going through? Different kinds of questions. I think then we can ultimately begin to observe scripture rightly, which then leads to interpreting it correctly. And then it mean, leads us then to applying it practically. And so like we're talking about marriage and we're talking mm -hmm. about submission and all those things. But I just want to point out, Emma, that that question you just asked, that is foundational to understanding any scripture. So Yay for that question. So understanding context is king. Yay. Um, <laughs> right? Um, and so like on any passage, yeah. right? I would encourage your listeners to on anything, what is the context of the passage that they're reading? What's written before it? What's written after it? Who's it written to? So let's think about who this con who Paul is speaking to first and foremost. So we're looking at this passage um, specifically in Ephesians chapter 5. Um, talking about wives' submission, but there's so much more going on, not just in chapter 5, but in the entire uh, book of Ephesians, but even go further out in the entire city of Ephesus where this church is taking place. So if we were to like travel back in time, what would be going on is you have people who are in this very mixed cultural context. Um, you've got Jews who believe believed that women had no legal rights um they thought women more of um of an object um some eve i've heard it said that you know jews would pray in the morning jewish men might pray that they would thank god that um, they weren't a gentile a slave or a woman and so you've got that mindset in mm, jewish wow. male believers which then even plays over into the women. They, they think of themselves that way too, right? So you've got that. Um, you've got then uh, Greek influence that's playing into it, where then women are pretty much just um, used for as property or for even intimate pleasure. So even for procreation. And that then means that women were just uh, uh, property, something to be used and so forth in the Greek culture. Now you've got the Roman culture then playing into it as well. And they looked as women 
Um, the word that they would use really would be translated imbecile, which meant like dumb. And so women were incapable, mm -hmm. they were incompetent. And so you have this view of women coming from a cultural standpoint. And even if we wanted to, we could even like drill into the women. So imagine how they were feeling. Imagine how they were thinking of themselves yeah. living in that kind of culture, even in a city of Ephesus where there was this temple to the goddess Artemis, where people would then go and worship this false god. And outside this temple would be these women that were used for as prostitutes as this in this temple as a part of worship. And so you have this uh, very confused very tangled up, very, uh, let's just say incorrect way of thinking about women. And so when Paul is writing this to both men and women at this church in Ephesus, he's trying to bring um, some clarity to God's design of men and women and the role of marriage. And he's not being chauvinistic about it. And I think that sometimes when we read it, we read these words and we go, well, that's archaic. That is irrelevant to today. But think about our own culture. Like our own culture, I think, has some confusion mm -hmm. and some tangled up thinking. We have influence of thought and philosophies coming in from different ways. Women view themselves one way and other women view themselves a different way. In the Bible, Paul's giving us a blueprint here, even to the church of Ephesus for God's design. Um I would, I would, I would add this. If, like, even let's bring scripture into this too, okay? Because Paul, um, even in Romans, he would, he said this. He said, "Look, that, that scripture." So he's referring to the Old Testament, um, telling these people that this scripture was given to us long ago, hundreds of years ago, for them, for their instruction, for encouragement, and for endurance. And then ultimately, he goes on to say mm -hmm. that that encouragement and that endurance is to help us to live in harmony with one another. So the Bible isn't outdated. It isn't archaic. I was even saying it then. Like it's relevant even to our culture today, even though it may be different than that of the city of Ephesus. Oh, Mama Lori, I love this so much. It makes me think of whenever I was in college, I was in one of my biblical studies classes and when my professor was talking about how like yes there is specific context for like culture and the things that were being addressed in that time but no matter what you're reading in scripture there is a general principle that is timeless and it carries to today because it's the same yesterday today and forever and right. i just love how you not only talked about the culture that was taking place then but you also just connected it to yes there are some differences but you connected it to our culture today and you're literally laying out what you were explaining before you shared that that you're helping us to observe it rightly and interpret it correctly so that we can apply it practically because the word of god is still like it's still something that we can apply and not only can but we were made to apply practically in our day today i think sometimes that when we look at scripture and like we're looking at that culture and we say it's for them then consider it this way when paul was writing this letter to them they would have heard it it would have probably been read as a letter um, or they would have read it as counter 
to their own culture. Like they could have easily thought this doesn't apply because this isn't how we think. And I think we do the same thing in our own culture. Like we're reading Paul's letter now and many people would read it in the same way and think, well, this doesn't apply to my culture because this isn't the way that we think. So Paul's letter then was as countercultural when they read it as it is for us today. It feels that countercultural kind of way. And yet at the same time, it's not just that it's countercultural, it is biblical. Hmm. Wow, Mama Lori, I'm so glad you're on here to talk about this. Um, I Something that I think is really unique is that Paul specifically says wives submit to your husbands and then he goes on and he says husbands love your wives as Christ loved the church and I feel like some conversations that I have with girls there's this mentality of like Paul is saying all women submit to all men Mm -hmm. and I think that there's a lack of awareness that here Paul is specifically addressing wives submit to your husbands do you have anything to speak into that no i think i actually i think you just said it very well like you just summed up that verse um in verse or chapter 5 verse 22 because he's saying actually it says like likewise and we, we can get to that because there's a little bit before he even says wives submit to your your husbands um but that scripture if you like look at it carefully it says wives submit to your own husbands And so this is not a passage where he is saying to, as you were pointing out, um, all women submit to all men. Um, It's not even pointing out or saying that all wives should submit to all husbands. But rather he is like drilling in. He's already set set up for these believers at a very high level where he has said in the previous verse that all believers are to submit to one another. Matter of fact, if we... If we looked at that verse, it basically says, out of respect for Christ or out of reverence for Christ, in verse 21, um, submit to one another. That's for all Christians. Now he's drilling into a specific relationship. So he's saying to me, Lori McDaniel, submit to your own husband, Mike. Or he is saying to Emma, Emma McDaniel, submit to your own husband, Josh. But this isn't car blanche. This isn't, he's not just speaking in generalities. He was speaking generally to all followers of Christ to submit to one another out of reverence for Christ. Now, let me talk to the wives for a minute. Wives, submit to your husbands. But think about the culture he's also writing to. Like in some sense, the the culture that he's writing to is very oppressive to women, very um, suppressive. Um, very dictatorship-like. So it would be, the relationship would be like almost intimidated. Like women would be intimidated by the man. And so they would Mm -hmm. almost like have almost the posture more of a cowering down, almost an afraid of kind of thing. And what Paul really is doing here, he's saying, look, in Christ you have freedom. So in this freedom that you have like at a posture of willingness, out of a posture of humility, like be different than the other women are with their wives. From a posture of humility, willingly submit to your husband. And so it creates this difference that he's trying to give. And so, but it wasn't for all women to all men. It was specifically for a marriage relationship and this wife to her husband. Wow. I love that difference you just showed. Like 
I am not submitting out of fear or out of timidity, but I am submitting out of a willing, humble spirit out of a place of being free in Christ and respect for Christ and gratitude for what Christ has done in my own life, which we're going to get back to that because that's really good. But I think something that would probably bring a lot of clarity before we go more into that, because I'm really excited to, is can you talk about what even is submission? Um, What But before actually, I'm getting ahead of myself, before I ask you what submission is, can you let us know? (laughs) This is how our conversations go when we have coffee. Yes, (laughs) which is what I love. I actually, just a little side note, like when I have podcasts with people, I picture myself like I am just on a coffee date with them and it makes it feel a lot more personal than doing it like in front of a camera. So I love this. I love that it feels like a coffee date to you too. Um, But before you talk about what submission is, can you talk about what submission is not? Mm -hmm. Yeah. Um, I think that's good because I think that there are things, definitions, even emotions um, that we often get tangled up. And so I think talking about what submission is not is a really good idea. So let's, let's, let's approach it that way so that we can untangle perhaps some of these emotions, untangle some of these thoughts that maybe have been knotted up, um, inside that causes confusion, um, and so forth. So I think, I think the first thing I would say is that submission does not subtract equality. So a lot of times what we think of is we think that when we hear the word submission, that all of a sudden it means that I'm no longer equal with my spouse. But Genesis 1, chapter 26 through, through 28, like it proves just the other way around that God, when he said, let us make mankind or let us make uh, man and woman in our image and let us make them in our image that they may rule, right? And so there is this plurality there. There is a partnership there. There is an equality there that we are all created in the image of God. So <clears throat> submission then is not does not mean that we subtract equality. It does not mean um, that it's superiority versus inferiority. Uh, submission does not mean that women are uh, degraded or devalued, or there's any kind of dehuman, dehumanizing going on there. Um, I would even say this submission does not mean lesser than, um, again, we all have equal value in God, but I would also say this, that equal doesn't necessarily mean identical. All right. So we have equal value We are equally created in God's image, but we are not identically created. And so one of my favorite um, theologians, his name is John Stott, he said that, that we have to hold simultaneously at the same time, we have to hold equality, that we're equal, and we have to hold complementarity or our differences, we have to hold them both at the same time. So submission does not mean that we lose equality. That is not what submission is. Um, I would also say that submission does not mean um, that a woman is inadequate, incapable, incompetent, or inferior. 
I mean, Emma, like you and I have talked about Proverbs 31. I don't know. It comes up yeah. in our conversations a lot where we're talking about who this woman is, right? Um, that like when you think through those words in Proverbs 31, there is absolutely nothing about that woman who that is weak. Like it even says that like her excellence, her worth, her value is far above jewels. It talks about how she clothes herself with strength and she makes her arms strong. I don't know if that means that she goes and she works out the gym and she's got biceps. I don't know necessarily, but she's she's got strength. It says that she makes a profit, that she gives to the needy. It says that she's not afraid, that when she, when she speaks, she opens her mouth with wisdom, that her husband thinks well of her. And when I read that, there is absolutely nothing incompetent, incapable, inferior about that kind of woman. Um, I, I heard I heard someone put it this way. It's, it's one of my favorite statements talking about what submission means. Um, it may have been Kathy Keller, but I, I can't remember. Um, but this person said this, that submission does not mean that when you get married, that you leave your brain at the mm. altar. Like, we are not now in some kind of uh, thoughtless obedience to some person that we've become married to. Um, rather, we are in this uh, with our arms open wide in a posture of humility, this grateful acceptance of his care. Doesn't mean that we don't think. Doesn't mean that we... Um, can't work outside the home. It doesn't mean that we have to stay home. It doesn't mean that we have a certain, we have to take out the trash or the husband takes out the trash. That's not what these things mean. And so submission does not mean that a woman is incompetent, incapable, um, inadequate, or inferior. I am so grateful. I, I mean, I told you this yesterday and I started the podcast off with this, that my hope and my goal for this podcast is that clarity is brought. One of the biggest things I pray it's brought to is you who are listening, your view of how God sees you, clarity of God's heart for you as a woman. And I, I really believe that, Mama Lori, what you're saying is bringing so much clarity to that, that friend who are listening, if you have been reading certain parts of scripture and the only thoughts that flood your mind are God thinks less of me, God made me inadequately, God made me inferior, God doesn't care for me, God doesn't value me. I just want you to know, like simply put, those are all big fat lies and he cares so deeply for you. He loves you so much. He made you with so much purpose in his image and I in the most gentle way, I pray that that slaps you across the face today because it's so true and it's so important that you know that. So Mama Lori, I just thank you because you're helping bring so much clarity to, to the hearts of people to know that God sees them, values them, cares for them, and made them with significance. Um, okay, I, I just got to let you keep going because this is so good. Can you tell us now, like, if that's not what submission is, what is it? <laughs> I think that question that you just asked is what every uh, 40-year-old who's married or not married, every 14-year-old who has heard this word, who's thinking, I don't ever want to be married or I can't wait to get married. Like, I think that is a question um, that everyone wrestles with. Um, and so I, I will give you, 
I'm, I'm gonna give you two things that submission is. So, so I gave you what submission was not. So let me give you let me give you two things that submission is. First of all, I think that submission is this, um, it's an honorable posture of our heart that imitates Christ. Um, if we go back, Emma, so let, let's, let's put the marriage okay. part aside. And, and this is why we said at the beginning, the, uh, like even to our single friends and so forth, let, let's put the marriage part aside, all right? Because if we were to anchor ourselves, if we want to understand context and we were to read, let's say, let's just say all of chapter five, then we're going to be reading at the beginning where he talks about walking in love and imitating Christ. And we're going to continue down and all these things that as a follower of Christ that we are to practice. And then he's going to get to this command in verse 18, where it says that we aren't to be drunk with wine, but we are to be filled with the spirit. And that filled with the spirit phrase there is, is this strong imperative command that then everything that follows is attached to it. Like it, there's even this verse that I always kind of giggle when I read it because it goes on talking about, I'm speaking to one another in spiritual hymns and songs. And that is obviously, we're not going around singing to one another, right? But definitely encouragement. Um, and he's going to start giving all of these. Yeah, like a lifetime musical. <laughs> exactly. But I, I kind of giggle when I read that. And so he gives these things that we're supposed to do. Because we're filled with the Spirit, we're going to be speaking to one another in spiritual hymns and songs. And he starts giving this list. And when he gets at the bottom of that list, that's where it says, And out of respect for Christ, submit to one another. And so this posture of our heart of submission, this that is the place where we are to imitate Christ. So let's just take let's just take womanhood out of the equation. And let's take marriage out of the equation for a moment. Because as a follower of Christ, this is how I am to relate to every person in yeah. my life. From a posture of humility and from a posture of submission. So now let's bring back in womanhood, which I am thankful that God designed me to be a woman. Um, let's bring back in um, marriage. Now we put submission into that. And here's what I love about this is submission. If, if I have that posture of submission, I can freely and now willfully do that in my marriage. But the thing about it is, is all of a sudden now that I'm married, um, it's not just submission that we want to argue against. It's we want to maintain ourself. Mm. And that's why in this passage, Paul isn't just speaking to the women to selfless, selflessly, out of humility, serve and respect and honor and submit to your husband. He's also speaking to the husband to selflessly in a Christ dying on a cross at Calvary kind of love love your wife, that kind of love. And so he's, he's speaking to both. Okay. But now let's go back to submission. Let's just, let's, let's hone in on it a little bit more laser light because if Christ is the standard, how did Christ, well, we see is it seems like an easy picture because he died and that's how our husbands are to love us. Like Christ loved the church. He gave his life for the church. Right. But what does submission have anything to do with Christ? I think we can look at it this way that Jesus was equal with God. 
So if we go to um, John 1, uh, chapter 1, where it talks about the end of the beginning was the word. So in the beginning was Jesus and Jesus was with God and Jesus was God. Or in John uh, chapter 10, Jesus says this, that I and the Father are one. So Jesus was equal with God. Remember I said, submission does not subtract equality. Jesus was equal with God. But here is where, here's the hinge on which everything swings concerning this. Jesus, in his equality with God, submitted to God. So if we go to Philippians chapter 2, where it says that, that we are to have the same mindset that Christ had, who although he was in the form of God, he didn't regard equality with God as something that he had to hold on to for dear life, but rather he emptied himself. He submitted himself and he took on a form of a servant. And so when I look at that, that Jesus was equal with God and yet at the same time, Jesus submitted to God. When we think about submission, Jesus, this isn't just a womanhood kind of thing. Jesus is the standard for that for us. Yes, as men, yes, as women, women, but now specifically Paul is speaking to wives, to their husbands. So man, let, that was a lot. I love it. And I know I'm saying to give you two. I'll go on to the second thing if you want me to, but um, that's the first thing I would say about su what submission is. It is a posture of my heart that imitates Christ. I love it. I want to say something before you say the next thing, because I do want you to say the next thing a thousand percent. I am just so encouraged that this conversation is being pointed back to the heart of Christ as it so should. And this, it just is, it's so right to, and it makes me think of the scripture that says like, if I claim to follow Jesus, then I ought to live as Jesus did. And Jesus set the example for how we are to live. And so I just, I wanted to insert that, that I just love how you're pointing back to the heart of Christ. And a verse that's continually on my mind is from 2 Corinthians 5, 14, where it, Paul is saying that we are to be compelled by the love of Christ. And I just hear that in everything that you're saying, like, as a man and as a woman, everything that I do in life should be out of respect and reflection on who Christ is. And that compels the reason I'm living the life that I'm living. And I'm just really grateful that that's where you're taking this conversation. Um, and please continue because this is so good. <laughs> <laughs> well, I, you know, that, that verse that you're referring to um, in chapter five, I love that chapter, by the way. Um, and I love that passage. It also goes on to say that because we are compelled by the love of Christ, we no longer live for ourselves. Mm -hmm. And when we hold on to that, like almost being um, obstinate against, or um, even to be so strong to even say rebelling against, but we do it out of our women's rights and we do it out of, uh, this is what the culture says. But when we do that and we go against God's design, we're basically now not doing that thing, which, Second Corinthians speaks of we're, we now we are living for ourselves, mm -hmm. um, which submission is completely the opposite of that. So, the second thing I would say about submission of what it is um, is that submission is the calling on my life as a wife 
to respect and honor and to affirm my husband. And here's the thing about, there's even a verse, um, I can't remember what's found, um, but it talks about outdoing one another. I think it's found in Romans. It, it literally says, oh, yes, I think it's like Romans 12. Yes. Yeah. I think I'll go with that. Romans 12. I think it's yeah. 12, 10. Like that's on my brain, <laughs> but maybe your listeners can look it up and then they can chat. Hey, you're right. Or they can give us the right <laughs> reference or something. Right. Um, but we are to outdo one another. <laughs> yeah. So if I think of submission first and I, I get within me like this emotion, my blood pressure rises, like I want to bristle up, you know, inside. If, if I'm the starting point of submission, then I've completely starting in the wrong place. Mm-hmm. Because what submission is, is it's not this oppressive, it's not oppressing me. Um, but rather it gives me an opportunity to be expressive and to serve and to honor someone else. So if I just continually just bristle up with submission, I'm really focusing on me mm-hmm. and I'm feeling like it's some kind of oppressive thing rather than an expressive action that God is giving me the opportunity to do, to look at my husband and to say, you are worth it. Matter of fact, yeah. I see within you the work that God is doing. And so in that, I get to have this opportunity to honor, to respect, and even to affirm him, not belittle him, uh, not doing these nonverbal looks of, you know, disgust and lack of grace, keeping a log of all the unmet needs that he has, you know, accumulated in my logbook but rather in a love relationship that I have with Christ, serving out of humility, selflessly putting myself in a place where I am honoring, respecting, submitting him, because I see this as an opportunity to lift him up. Something I love that you said is that it is not oppressive, on my identity who i am but rather it is an expressive act of my love and honor towards god and towards my husband that just stuck out to me i i love that and i feel like i'm taking so many things away from our conversation today but if you were to put just in a statement what you hope the listener takes away from today's episode, what would you say that she hope that you hope she takes away? I think that, I think here's the statement that I would make is that, that we can't really fully understand submission until we really grasp and fully understand salvation. Because if we really understand salvation, because what we're really talking about is the gospel here, because when you look at the end of chapter five, Paul talks about this marriage being this mystery Mm. and how it refers to Christ in the church. And so my marriage, even how I relate to my husband is a representation. It is displaying Christ's love for the church. And when I understand that, when I understand Christ's love for me, like that salvation, now I can begin to grasp, grasp what submission is. Because think of it this way. What does it require for someone to selflessly love 
someone else. It requires that they give up themselves. What does it require for someone to selflessly submit to someone else? It requires that I give up myself. So what we're talking about is really two sides of the same thing. Like it is an expression of the gospel. It displays Christ's love for the church. And there is, I can't think of anything in my life more important than you leveraging every opportunity in my life. And I, because I'm married, that is an opportunity to display Christ's love for other people. Wow. I cannot fully understand submission until I understand salvation. What a, what a takeaway. <laughs> and that's so true. I mean, Josh and I were, we did a couple of podcasts a few weeks ago on forgiveness and really the whole heartbeat of the conversation was my forgiving you is not determined on how you respond to me or like what reasons you give me to forgive you. <laughs> I'm forgiving you because Christ first forgave me. I am loving you because Christ first loved me. As Josh's wife, I submit to him because Christ first gave up himself so that I could live with him forever. And that love now compels me to honor him and submit to him as my husband because I know that God's word brings eternal life. So to submit to his word is to submit to the most life-giving life ever. This, this is... This is so good. Listen, I love being able to have this conversation with you, whether it's on a podcast or not. Like, yeah. um, I think that these kinds of conversations are rich. Like I would even encourage moms or other women who are listening in, like have these conversations with yes. their daughters, with their daughter-in-laws, with their friends, with their sisters, with younger women. Like these are rich conversations to be able to have. And it doesn't have to be just a, a teaching, here's, you know, point one, point two, point three, point four kind of thing, but wrestle it out. Like mm -hmm. open the word of God and wrestle with it together um, and ask what it has to say about God and what it has to say about us. What does it mean for us today? Um, these are good conversations to have, Emma. They are phenomenal conversations and I feel like this is a full circle moment of the start of this podcast to not settle with your doubts and not settle with what you may think initially or one teaching you may hear but seek the heart of God spend time in his word ask tough questions and be encouraged that strength in your faith and intimacy with the Lord it grows through you being willing to wrestle and desire to grow and I think it this topic becomes less of a hot topic whenever we're willing to sit down and have conversations like this. Let this not be a hot topic in your home. Mama Lori, thank you so much for being on this podcast with me. Sweetheart, I love being on this. I love you. And I love being on this podcast with you. Oh, y'all are wonderful. Me and Mama Lori both love you so much. And I hope y'all have an amazing week. Bye, guys.